and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany. You may be surprised today's Friday got good Friday and it is um, not normal that we are publishing on a Friday, but this is a special day shortly before Easter. It's a public holiday in Germany, meaning a bank holiday in other countries. Plus, uh, there was all the craze in non-fungible tokens recently, and therefore I got an expert here on board, a member of the ITSA. Hey, Christian, how you doing? And can you tell us what ITSA really is and what it means? Yes. Thank you so much for, for having me here. Uh, ITSA is a is a short name for a long, for a longer name, which stands for uh, International Token Standardization Association, uh, which is a, basically a non-profit organization that brings together uh, players in the blockchain scene and tries to establish a standard for for tokens um, that are around in the in the in the space to have a one standard of of token IDs and be able to differentiate between different kinds of tokens and uh, yeah, to just bring some some more standard into this um, into this field. And uh, it has several members, companies, but also uh, people like me who are uh, just interested in the field and therefore um, contributing to this. I have just been checking the website because you guys are headquartered here in Germany, in Berlin, and I already found uh, four, uh, interview partners, Anyblock Analytics, Bitbond, Bidwala, uh, mine incubator, main incubator, and um, a few more we've at Börse Stuttgart, of course, and a few more you know from our news. So it's it's like almost um, all the people got together in Germany to standardize tokens. Usually, they would be interested in standardizing security tokens. I assume I mean, all all kind of tokens. I think security token is just one. One topic that is uh, definitely um, from, from interest, especially for investors, but also just in general, uh, this association helps to have one united view on how, how the regulation of, of tokens should be done and then be uh, able to, for example, uh, propose these ideas to politics and so forth. Uh, and it's not just it's not just security tokens. Uh, end of the day, it's to um, just bring more light into the into the market. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's. That's basically it. So it can be something like a utility token that is just used for a specific service. It could be a payment token uh, that is um, the typical Bitcoin example, but also just as you mentioned, a security token, which is used for an uh, STO, a security token offering and uh, other activities. And uh, basically has a database um, where we can uh, members, uh, but also non-members to some extent can uh, look up the specific international token identification number. Uh, the E10, and uh, then being able to identify from this token what is the uh, class of this, and being able to to um, use this for analysis or what the purpose of uh, getting transparency in the market. I see, and uh, people who listen and watch this channel on a regular basis, they know I'm a, the king of detours, and the item or eaten here would be something similar to the ISIN, uh, where your international can identify securities, and then you can look it up everywhere with the same idea. Am I right? 
Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And now from our detour back a little bit to what we've been talking about, the non-fungible tokens. Let us first talk about what fungibility actually means, because I do believe a lot of people say uh, out there are looking, uh, NFT is fungibility. What may that mean? Yes. So um, NFT, as it stands for non-fungible token, and as you said, the important word is here actually what does fungible mean? And fungible, for example, is something that is uh, a single unit, but it's identical and can be exchanged for another unit. I think the the biggest fungible uh, yeah, token or asset that we know is, I think, the $20 bill or $10 bill, uh, where we know every $10 bill looks the same, feels the same, and is worth the same uh, money. And into the crypto world, this would be, for example, a, a Bitcoin, um, which is uh, fungible, which can be exchanged and is identically the same. Um, that is the or for example uh like a stock of Citibank of a uh, Daimler whatever is out there you sell one you buy one you get exactly the same they're fungible yes exactly um and this is a, a concept we, we use basically basically every day and then if we if we look at the other part of the word so if we look at nft uh so we have this non-part in front it just means that it's not identical and not they're not like hundreds of uh of stocks of a specific kind or hundreds of uh, uh, $20 bills. There's just one uh, unique token. And this uniqueness makes NFT special and allows uh, yeah, ideas and use cases they would not, not be able to afford to, to represent. At, at, in the first moment, when I understood what an NFT is, I thought, huh, what may this be useful for? But then I realized, it can be like the digital twin, the digital incorporation of something unique. And what always comes to mind is like any type of artwork, may it be physical, may it be digital, right? Yes. So it, as you, you mentioned the word digital, digital twin, which is, which is one version of saying we have an, uh, an art piece that exists in the physical world and you just have a digital representation of this piece and then being able to trade it and to, to transfer this asset. I think that is that is step one. If we think a little bit further and think about our current world, we are most of our life is digital these days. So we don't always have physical assets that are related to. So we can also just have. I mean, we're using social media channels like Twitter, like Instagram, and other where there's only a digital representation of an image or or a tweet or so forth, and uh, this can then be uh, yeah kind of stored in one unique nft and then can someone can have ownership of a tweet for example or as he said in the art world we have a lot of digital artists who who don't paint pictures they're gonna they're gonna end up in museums or uh in your in your living room they they just producing digital art which only exists on your screen uh, and that is a way of uh, actually storing this ownership and then being able to to trade this ownership to someone else it's it's as I said, it's not necessarily limited to digital ownership, digital art, digital artwork in any type of form, but it would be also applicable, for example, for an impressionist painting, which could be like uh, incorporated as an, is incorporated right word, as an NFT? Yes. So it is, um, I mean, that's, that is end of the day, the question what you're, yeah, there are not really limitations to what you can represent in NFT. I think your limitation is your mind. 
because you can you can come up with any concept you can think of and as long as you find someone in the market that agrees that this is unique and this is for something you will be able to to sell it and store it so you, you can you can uh, say okay i have adjusted kind of a digital ownership of a physical art piece so whoever owns that token then owns the art piece and it just is stored in some kind of museum or or some physical location and you just have the ownership and it's just recorded in the chain or you could also say that um, it is not directly the the ownership itself so if you look in, into into tweets for example your you end of the day not owning the tweet so twitter still has that tweet on their on their platform you just have uh, a signature from the from the creator of that tweet uh, who then says well um, i created this tweet and i i will i will give you now this nft which is the representation of this tweet and you can own this um, on this tweet, which end of the day is the belief into that tweet and into belief that this tweet is unique and then can be traded, which is an which is an interesting concept and hard to it's not always possible to transfer from the physical world to the digital world. Um, but as you as you said before, yes, assets can be physical and digital. Ah, um, be, 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 before we get to a little bit how you could apply this like in a business sense and the impact for example i see there will be a big one on the art market um before that let us get a little bit into the technicalities J just a tiny bit the people out there know that the highest coding level i've ever achieved was visual basic for applications so we're not going to take a deep dive here and i do believe that's also not necessary you talked about two things um, uh, I would be happy if you could tell us a little bit more about one of them was the chain. So basically, is there like already a standard blockchain for NFTs out there or are there hundreds or thousands or if, is there a blockchain for each NFT? And then you talked about the marketplace. And my second question would be, are there already standardized marketplaces out there? Yeah, these are these are great questions. And uh, coming coming to the first to the to the blockchain technology itself, let's let's dive a little bit into into history. I mean, it's two and a half years ago. <laughs> let's call it history. Um, in <laughs> uh, in the blockchain world, that already is history. Uh, but uh, the the standard was started on the Ethereum chain. Um, so there are several several draft or suggestion for what kind of standards for tokens that can be on the Ethereum chain. And one of them is the ERC 721 standard. And this standard um, just basically covers the functionality on an, on an, uh, of an NFT token. And since this standard exists, so the, basically the, the blockchain community and the Ethereum community agreed, yes, that's a good way of representing such non-fungible assets on the, on, the, on the chain. It has become it has become stern has been used in several applications. For example, the first application was uh, the, 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 the crypto kitties, which is basically uh, a, a random generated uh, cat that, that has some functionalities. That's basically it. And it has been traded and has been quite, quite popular across, uh, across the community, but that was the first application, which was built on the Ethereum chain. And since then, Ethereum has been the standard, but since it has drawbacks in terms of a uh, number of transactions, and we know that the gas price to process transaction is quite high these days due to the proof of proof of work um, that is happening. So there are several other chains that that use 
that are sometimes specifically built for NFTs. For example, the flow chain, the the Matic chain, um, and then more small specific chains that focusing on very specific use cases um, that are used. So, uh, and even on top of Ethereum itself, you can also have kind of your own tokens and coins that then represent own uh, or like a specific uh, way of representing these NFTs. So there are not thousands of chains, but uh, there are probably at least uh, 50, that's 50 to 100. Uh, but I would say the most used are below below 10. And by used, most used in terms of volume, it is still the Ethereum chain, um, just because it started there and it used to be the standard, but slowly we're, we're seeing more and more technologies coming, popping up and kind of solving issues that Ethereum has experienced for, for NFTs. And we always need to bear in mind Ethereum was not uh, invented and built. Uh, was, was, was on, the whole purpose was not NFT. It is just one application that is built on top of it. And that's why it also has some drawbacks. And these drawbacks are solved by, uh, let's say, competitors. And we will see in the, in the future that these competitors will gain more and more traction and might even surpass the Ethereum chain in terms of numbers at some day. And the marketplace. The marketplace, yeah, and that's where uh, that's where everything comes together. And end of the day, that is also where it's decided which chain is being used, right? So at the beginning, marketplaces usually just use the Ethereum chain, but slowly adapting other chains to in- integrate. So what these mar- marketplaces are doing? So we, let's take a step back. Let's look at the architecture of an NFT. So we have the the chain, the blockchain, in the beginning. Then we have an uh, NFT token contract. And then we have the actual NFT. So we have kind of three hierarchies or three level of hierarchies. And um, if you're opening marketplace or if marketplace is out there, you need to first decide, okay, which chain do you want to include? Let's say I'm including all Ethereum uh, contracts and from the Ethereum chain. Then you need to kind of find this specific um, contract uh, that, for example, covers one specific specific use case or is yeah for one case. And then you have the, the tokens itself. Um, that you can access uh, on this specific uh, chain and contract, and there are several several marketplace. OpenSea, for example, is the is I would say the the biggest one. Then you have Variables, which is for for um, more uh, crypto art, um, and there are many many more. And they're popping up each day. They're popping up new marketplaces, and some of the marketplaces then specify on just one specific blockchain technology. Um, or one specific chain, as I said before, because each marketplace needs to decide, okay, what time do I invest into um, developing and uh, kind of including a new chain, uh, make it accessible, have a nice user interface and so forth. And that is obviously in uh, trade-off between development and um, yeah, profit end of the day. And if we if you look at from a VC perspective onto this, um, we can see that there has been some, some quite... Uh, yeah, some quite substantial investments be done in the last uh, in the last month uh, and or last month uh, in, in plural and uh, yeah we can see that some VC money is for example 23 million was raised uh, to OpenSea, uh, Depa Labs raised 11 million in a funding round. So we can see there's also the VC capital is flowing into these into these marketplaces and then we will end up today see who has the the most uh, funding and has the best developers and can integrate all of these blockchains in the user-friendly way. What I had in mind when I was starting to grasp what NFTs are 
with uh, like, for example, Christie's and Sotheby's, they would be just more than happy to have an NFT digitally delivered together with the real artwork because it also helps them to verify that it's the real artwork. So basically, I do believe there are also like big players at one point in the future entering the market if they not already have or in the first steps to do so. That would bring me to just another topic because the art market, it's like zillions of awesome artwork less awesome artwork out there, um, wannabe awesome artwork, and everybody has their own opinion of it, and that's totally fine. But can you see like one, two, three years down the road that there will be an impact on the art market? Because my understanding is that there are very specific paintings that you buy to hang above your your open cabin. Um, if you have a, a, a Picasso painting worth millions. You, you don't want to bring it near open fire, but that, that's just the general idea. Um, but there, there's also artwork that is bought and sold just for investment purposes. And usually the item stays at something like a free harbor, like a tax-free uh, interstate uh, between different countries where it doesn't have to be taxed. And if you have it in a very safe place in such a free harbor, then it would be much easier to trade them via NFTs. You see any impact there? Yes, exactly. I think there's there's going to be a great movement and uh, a lot of impact onto the art market. I mean, we've already, already seen it. You, you mentioned Christie's, one of the largest auction houses. Uh, they um, had an auction of the of one picture and it was auctioned like one digital picture. So one that only existed as an NFT, which is uh, basically 5,000 pictures over the so picture done every day, one picture over 5,000 days. So a picture consisting out of 5,000 smaller pictures. And this one was auctioned uh, for 70 million US dollars, which is, which is an enormous amount of money. If you think of uh, digital art, which was not possible before. So I think there are two, Two ways. One way is we're opening completely new marketplaces and completely new new customers to digital art, uh, to digital artists. Um, for example, over such auctions, over like these established auction houses. Plus, there's a possibility of uh, you don't do not need to physically own a painting to invest into it, right? So you can own an NFT that represents the ownership of this painting. And then you can store this NFT in your wallet. It's safely. Uh, and you have uh, another storage provider on the other side who stores the painting. And then you can trade it and, uh, yes, have a have a different way of representing it. Or if you want to go one step further, there was also one very interesting example of, of a burnt picture. So it was a famous picture that was just burnt into ashes. And then this burnt picture, which doesn't exist anymore, was then stored on an NFT, which is obviously a crazy example. And... It's probably not a normality. We're not going to burn all of our our famous art pieces, but um, it just shows that there's really no limitation to imagination as long as you have something that represents value to another person. It can be used as an NFT and can be used as an also to invest money and hope it's gonna gonna increase in money or just store it. Um, what I had in mind, I used to work a lot in capital markets and asset management would be uh, to have actually a fund 
and then uh, buy with the investors money uh, NFTs. And so you also have, again, a type of most likely hedge um, art fund. That would be something I know the art lovers out there would just hate it, but that's one possible way a lot of artwork will go. The big advantage would be if you have the NFT actually in a fund, you can have like the economic benefit in the fund, but there's no reason against it as long as it's stored safely to have the artwork that belongs to a hedge fund display in public museum, right? Yes, exactly. So we are we're opening a completely new way of ownership into the into the art world. And um, also the we're gonna gain we can gain more transparency about who actually owns which picture because if we are if you're recalling some of the basis or the most of the the blockchain technologies out there that are being used are public blockchains. So everyone is able to to have a transparency. Okay, one was this NFT created? Who was this traded for and for what price? So this opens a completely new way of uh, gaining transparency over over artwork and how it changed ownership. Um, so I think this is also one one definitely benefit uh, for for having NFTs. And we may add that this NFT. Even though it sounds totally crazy, it's just a contract. It's like a physical, it's like a digital contract for an artwork, physical or non-physical. And basically it's a contract. So how would you think it will be used in the future? For example, an NFT owning, um, like a digital song, like a digital or physical artwork. And then you can basically prove it's yours and you can cash in the royalties. You see something like this in the future? Yes, I think that is, you mentioned a very, very good point of uh, the ownership part. So we're giving, we're giving, having the possibility to give the artist of, of some um, music piece or even videos or whatever, we give the possibility to actually have the artist owning it and being able to, to retrieve royalty fees. And uh, we are, um, we're also seeing like on the, on the market, say we're seeing uh, who is backing, for example, Warning Music is a big backer of uh, of NFTs and has has already invested money. We there are also um, rumors in the in the news that the acquisition from uh, from Title that Square uh, or is planning to to buy um, buy Title as a company is one step into the NFT world for uh, for music artists, right? I mean, Square we're having one of the largest uh, publicly traded. Uh, Bitcoin uh, reserves is uh, definitely interested in that topic um, and therefore these are all business models that are completely new to us so basically when I when I would then listen to a song I would be able by just listening to it, it would be guaranteed and uh, everyone could see or could kind of have the transparency that there actually was a royalty fee paid to that artist and everyone can see what royalty fee was paid and we kind of overcoming this issue that there's kind of a company like Spotify, Apple Music or so forth between us, who is then deciding who, who is who artist gets which cut, and no, but everything is going to be transparent, and that that will change the or has the potential to change, for example, the the way we we have uh, we share royalties in the music industry. Plus, I can see in the future, for example, um, that a, a musician is very happy, had enough uh, crazy life, and wants to retire, and puts albums or si single songs into nfts 
auctions them out and retires on the money. And usually, like we know, most of the musicians, they will be back making music in like five years down the road. Exactly. And we have seen the first NFT for music being sold already. Uh, Kings of Leon uh, has its first album published on, on an NFT. And uh, it is not just an NFT. It's kind of a combination of an NFT and a physical world. So you can, you can buy or could buy. It's actually already over. Uh, you, you could have bought one of uh, the limited number of um, golden NFTs, <laughs> uh, which end of the day are uh, you can download the songs of the new album and you, you will also get some kind of physical uh, memory of this moment. And then you're an owner of this NFT and you can, you can trade it. Um, and you have this kind of special connection to your, to your favorite band. And that is not just, I mean, this is something that already exists in the physical world, right? Everyone, everyone wants to have that uh, autogram by, uh, by your biggest idol. Um, so wh why don't have it on an NFT where we can, where you can, where you can share this uh, online with others to show how that's, that's, that's where I got my signature. I'm owning one of the hundred limited uh, albums, for example. So we've already seen use cases. And I think um, the more and more we mature in this, this industry, we will see uh, plenty of them or more of them uh, coming up in the future. Let us touch one final topic. As we said, NFT is just digitally incorporated a contract. Um, Are there already laws out there that this specifically as an NFT is enforceable or do you have a private contract and wherever you want to enforce it across the world, you have to deal with the local legal system? Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's so far no specific NFT regulation, right? That says this is an NFT and that's how we, how we're treating it. For example, I said like a security token where, where we had laws in place and we're able to to have a transaction where everyone is, is sure this is also also legal what we're doing here. Um, since we're still at the beginning, it is, there's not, no clear rules, but having said this, we already have regulations in place for the, for the blockchain and crypto market in general, right? So for example, in order to buy an NFT, you need to have a cryptocurrency and how are you getting a cryptocurrency? Well, you need to go to one exchange and this exchange has KYC and money laundering uh, regulations in place and it's kind of checking your identity before. So that's kind of this entry point to the market is, a little bit limited. And then it's, it comes to the discussion, what is actually an NFT? Is an NFT a utility token? Because you have the utility to use a specific um, picture or having access to, to, I don't know if you, if you do some, some um, backstage tickets to a concert, which are stored in NFT, that would kind of be utility, you can have access to it. Or are you actually talking about some kind of asset you're storing? And then if you would store an asset, you would come always into this discussion of, do you need a custody license to actually run one of these marketplaces and to be able to store or to kind of have the have the private key to end of the day access this this asset and you get into the custody discussion so i think it's it's gonna be an interesting discussion to see what regulators are thinking about nfts if they're gonna push it into an already existing category or if they say well this is such a special or kind of because it doesn't always 100 overlap with existing regulation it just has partly overlaps so I think it's going to be interesting to see if there's going to be a kind of specific NFT regulation or if it's just going to be um, kind of adapting or uh, being being squeezed into the categories that are already out there. And then for every use case, if we, for example, take the use case of art trade and art auctions, right, we already have regulations in place, which are which are a little bit different from what we are currently experiencing on the on the market itself. 
For example, if you want to sell an art piece in Europe and you want to do this over an auction, which most of the NFTs are sold over an auction, you need to also ensure um, specific money laundering requirements. I mean, you always have to ensure them, but you have some more some more specific ones if you have art pieces over 10,000 euros. And these are things that are currently, in my opinion, not 100% in place. Um, and we, we saw with the, the biggest auction from, from Christie's that this auction itself was actually done off-chain. So it was not done on the chain. It was just the um, the ownership was transferred, but the ownership was not transferred by an auction mechanism. It was the auction was done offline. And my 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 guess on this is this is due to the the current regulation and the special kind of money laundering regulations we have in the in the uh, in the art market. Good answer for a really uh, interesting question. I hope to have you back at one point and talk a little bit about how the NFT market evolved. Thank you very much so far for uh, all the shared wisdom and everybody who'd like to learn more. We'll have a lot of uh, links down here in the show notes. Wherever you're watching this, you're listening to this podcast, go down here. There is a link to our blog post and there we maintain all the current links. Thank you very much, Christian. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. If you are a professional looking at the European startup scene, Germany is a place you cannot miss. Fortunately for you, there is StartupRad.io, the authority on German startups. This English-only podcast brings you fresh interviews each week. Most likely, you have never heard or read anything on these startups before in English, but you will in the future. Be ahead of the curve and subscribe to StartupRad.eo podcast or check for the StartupRad.eo internet radio station. Check your Alexa for the StartupRad.eo skill as well.